Several years ago at First Baptist Church of Ham, because of the love that God has given us in our hearts and because of the great need to recover and help those in the bonds of addiction, the Lord led us to start the Better Roads Recovery Home. Since that time, many, many people have received freedom. Many families have been united. We want to be a help to you as well. The Better Roads Recovery Ministry is founded upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in the book of John in chapter 8, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. There is no real freedom apart from Jesus Christ. Religion can only take you so far. A new leaf can only take you so far. We need Jesus. Number two, we want to inspire hope. When you're in trouble and when we're away from God and when we struggle with addiction, we oftentimes find ourselves in the hole of no hope. For that reason, we want to inspire hope. If God is in the equation, hope is in your future. Number three, we want to focus heavily upon discipline and direction. We want people that come to be a part of this home to find direction from the Lord and from His Word and from others who have also followed His Word. We disciple converts. We want people to have time one-on-one -on -one with other Christians to help them grow in their new relationship with Jesus and find the freedom that only He can give. And then lastly, we want to restore broken relationships. Sin has a devastating ability to complicate life and especially relationships whenever we're addicted. Dear friend, we want you to have the blessings of freedom. And we want to have healing and hope for every relationship that has been broken because of sin. We have seen the Lord use this program in many, many lives. Countless people have received help. We want you to be one of them. If anything on the website can be of help to you, please take time to contact us on the number on your screen. Or if you want to email us, feel free to do that as well. We're praying for you. We want you to be in a long lineage of those who have found help in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you very much. And, and of course, any kind of work done for God must be revolved around three concepts, the lordship of Jesus, the leadership of the institution, and the partnership of all involved. And that is no different in the Better Roads Recovery Home for Men and Women. Thank God for Jesus Christ, who really is the one step to freedom and to help. At the same time, thank God for the leaders that God has given us. Brother Tim Harrell helps us as a liaison there. Brother Tim, if you'd stand, if you would, please. Brother uh, J Dave Talbot, who is a graduate of our program, came to us from Toledo, Ohio. We're very thankful for that. And then we have Brother James Anderson, who helps us on the men's side. And then we have our precious Miss uh, Missy Cogley. Where's Miss Missy? She's right over here. And she is assisted by Miss Evelisa. And you stand right there with her. And these ladies work in the ladies' home along with Miss Barry and Miss Bethany and also Miss Julie. Would you guys stand, if you would, please? These precious girls also assist Miss Missy in that home, and we're very thankful for that. And for the men, we have other guys who help us as well. We'll go over here, Brother Steve Shields, if you'll stand, if you would, please. Brother Paul Johnson, and I got to be with your brother down in Waverly, Tennessee, and boy, he, he is so grateful to God. He's pastored, his brother pastors a church for 28 years, but the reason he's pastoring a church or even came to the Lord is because of the prayers of his older brother, Paul, and Brother Bill Bossinger, both of them prayed together that God would work in uh, his brother John's heart. It was wonderful to hear that, Brother Paul. Brother Sergio, would you stand if you would, please? Also a graduate, and uh, we're very thankful for Brother Sergio helps us there, and then Brother Randy. Uh, would you stand as well? These men serve as leaders and these precious ladies as well in the program. Would you give them a round of applause? And I appreciate what they do. They're, they're in the trenches every day. And uh, brother, uh, brother Matt Turner, who also served in this ministry so tirelessly, he and Miss Amber. But uh, I think Brother Matt's uh, favorite saying was, the struggle is real. Yeah, he would say the struggle is real, and it is. It is a struggle. You're wrestling not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And, and uh, these, uh, these men and ladies who work in the trenches, how I love them and admire them very much for their work's sake. Other folks who help us also are people who are really anonymous group, but people who uh, cook 
for us. Tori Sullivan, are you in the room tonight? Miss Tori, where are you? Are you able to be here? Stand if you would, please. And, and then there's a whole host of folks who provide meals to the ladies' homes, to the men's home. They, they share their time. They speak in chapel. Uh, they encourage, they do discipleship, they come on Friday night to the Reformers Unanimous Meeting where our men and ladies will go. If you're one of those volunteers along with Miss Tori, would you stand, if you would please, wherever you are in the auditorium, if you serve in some way in capacity, look at this, would you please? These are dear folks who give their time, their love, their attention on a monthly basis in some way and how we thank God for each of them. Let's give them a round of applause as well, if you would please. Always good to have graduates. If you're a graduate of the program, would you stand if you would please? You've already finished the program and you're here. Look at this. This is wonderful. Back over here to my right. I've got, uh, got some guys there and I'm so thankful for they're right down here. We're so glad you came, Ilsa. Thank you for coming, Mikkel, and just everybody that's here. Thank you very much. Let's give them a round of applause as well. We're certainly proud of each of them. Then there's also, uh, obviously, uh, many people who give, who serve, who pray, and are interested in this. And I tell you, if you're not interested in a graduation service for people who have come enslave and have some freedom or something, you got crippled too high for crutches, <laughs> uh, there's some real problems there because God has done a wonderful work. And one of the things I love about having the Better Roads Recovery Home for men and women, it costs more than, it, than they can bring to the table uh, when they come, they usually come and no one grows up and says, I can't wait till I go to Better Roads Recovery Home. Nobody wants to go there. It's, it's sin that brought them there, but it's love that helps them recover. And it's the love of a church family. And uh, you're going to hear a little bit about that tonight. And I'm going to ask if we can, please, if, um, if we could have the, uh, those, uh, those folks come in just a few moments. I'll ask Brother James to come. He's going to read a few things about that. Is that right? Okay, and uh, we're going to honor, first of all, our precious girl. It, are you going to help me with that? Why don't you do that, if you would, please? And I'll have, uh, I'll have uh, her do, do that first, and we can honor Miss Mariah, and then Miss Missy will do that, and then we'll come back in just a moment with the other men. Mariah Helmick came to us about a year ago, and I don't think I've seen a change in any lady, not necessarily physically, but um, emotionally and spiritually. Um, I've led many ladies to Christ as they've come to the home, but when I led Mariah to the Lord, I've just seen her grow so much throughout this last year spiritually. She came from a Muslim home. Her grandmother, though, was a praying Christian and had taken Mariah to church as a child and invested in her life. Mariah was sad, shy, discouraged when she arrived at the home. And I was able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with her. And she accepted Christ as her savior in the first week of arrival. Her spirit has slowly changed and she now has the joy of the Lord and her countenance shows her walk with Christ. She's graduating and going to live with her uncle Kevin and her aunt Christina and her cousins in Texas. And her uncle Kevin helped her to get here to the ladies home and has supported her all the way through. We're going to miss Mariah and we pray the best for her. So proud of you. Right, if you'll come forward, I'll receive, I'll give to you your certificate. Having the joy to watch Mariah grow in the Lord, as Miss Missy has said, has been a great, great blessing. We're so very proud of her. One, one, some folks I did not mention is some people who are here to support our graduates tonight. Do we have some visitors? Do you're here to support Mariah or, or, or any of the other men? Would you stand if you would, please? Anybody like that who wants to know that? We've got a group over here. Wonderful. And who are you here for? Oh, my goodness. We're so glad you're here for him. He's great right there. And over here, who are you guys here for? Jaden, we're so glad you're here. Good. In the back, who are you guys here for? Rick. Oh, Ricardo Ware. That's wonderful. We're so glad you're here. Anybody else? Good. You may be seated. Let's give them a round of applause for taking the time and effort to come. 
as well. If the men who have successfully pleaded the requirements for the Better Roads Recovery Home, if you'll stand and come forward, we want to hear your testimonies, and I'll be glad to give you a certificate. Man, it's the privilege uh, for me to stand and to uh, just read a word about these gentlemen and uh, get a chance to be with them nearly seven days a week. Uh, I don't know how many hours uh, with these guys. I don't, I don't get it. I think I'm one of them now. Uh, but uh, I want to talk about Mr. Jaden Chediak for a little bit here. He was, he's been an excellent example of faithfulness and consistency. He hails all the way from Heron, Illinois, uh, but now lives in, uh, he loves Indiana now. He's currently working at our thrift store, and uh, he cites two reasons for being here. He said, number one, that he wanted to grow in the Lord and learn to fight his sin. And then, two, he wanted to work in an active death ministry. And there's a quote that he gave me. He said, here, I found everything I've ever hoped for, and I hope to continue learning and work as closely as, with the death as I can and hopefully find exactly where God wants me to work. He gave me a life verse that, he, uh, that encourages him in the way. And I'll read it to you, Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jaden Chediak. And Jaden, congratulations. <clears throat> I want to say a quick word about Jaden, if I can, just to say that uh, I love the deaf, and uh, Jaden loves too. He really has a heart to communicate with the deaf. And then from the very early on, he wanted to see people come to know Christ as their Savior. And that's a beautiful testimony. We'd go soul winning, would tell folks about the Lord. Uh, would, when, when he got through his basic, um, basic instruction, he's been working on the bus route and loving the Lord. And I admire that about him. I appreciate you, Jaden. Amen. Robert... Silas Gould III is a strong and hardworking man that came to us from North Carolina. His plans are to stay uh, put until the Lord moves him on, and then he will be working and trying to enroll in the Bible college next fall. Uh, Rob, or Silas, I call him, has become a fast friend of mine. He was on the radio with me this morning, and I enjoy every moment that I've spent with him, and, uh, and I'm just encouraged by what the Lord has done with him and doing with him. He preached his first sermon last Thursday to the men in the mission, and uh, he, made, he ran me out of there. He didn't want me to hear it, so, uh, but we praise God for it. I told him next time uh, I'm staying, so here we go. He gave a verse that encourages him in the Lord, and here it is, Isaiah chapter 50, verse number 9. Behold, the Lord God will, will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they all shall wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. Robert Gould. Count me a good I want to ask if I could, Robert uh, Silas, to take a moment and give a testimony personally. We have had the joy to watch him grow, and his dad is watching tonight on live stream, and his mom and dad love him very much, but sin complicated his life. But, man, I'm just so glad to see such a vibrant walk with the Lord and sincere and humility about him that he doesn't really, he's someone who's not motivated by money, he's motivated by a purpose that God wants him to do. Why don't you take the microphone and just share a quick testimony, would you? Good evening. How are you guys doing tonight? Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, I'm not used to speaking yet. Yeah, I did preach my first sermon last Thursday, and uh, I have a deep respect for Pastor Wilkerson and the job that he does preaching and bringing us the word. It's, uh, it's, it's not easy. It's, uh, it's very hard, um, but um, I've been fortunate to be here by God's grace. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of bad days, um, more than uh, I would like to mention. Uh, there were days where I didn't think that I wanted to live um, because of where I was at, because of my addiction um, and the things that I've done to the people that I love um it was a long journey to get here um but by the faith of my family my mother my father uh people back in my home church people i didn't even know who were praying for me um the people here um 
it's because of their faith in God and the power that he has to restore and renew that I'm here and I'm standing here today and um standing before you and I give all the thanks and glory to God because um it wasn't because of me. I couldn't do nothing. I tried many, many, many times to uh on my own volition, on my own will to to pull myself up up out of the darkness, out of whatever hole I've dug myself into and I was just not able to do so. Um I remember the last time I was with my mother and we spoke and I had just been on a run and I was just in so much despair. I was just, I was completely broken. And I was literally on the floor of my bedroom crying, just crying. And um, she was in the room with me and she got down on the floor with me and she just held me in her arms. And uh, me and my mother, we'd had a strained relationship for many years. The last few, I've been working real hard to get close to her. And as I was crying, I could hear her quietly praying, but I couldn't, the words were indistinct. And I remember just looking up at her, and for like the first time, I saw my mother. But she was older. She had wrinkles in her face, gray hair. And I started to think, oh, I've given so much of my life to the world that I didn't spend what time I had here with my mother getting to know her. I didn't know her favorite color, what her favorite flower was. I knew nothing about this woman who loved me so much. And when I looked up to her, I just cried out. I was like, Mommy, Mommy, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. And she just looked at me and she said, Baby, just put your faith in God. And uh, that was the day I met, made my choice that I'll come out here to Hammond, Indiana. Uh, I thank God for her faith, my father's faith. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank God for the men here. Um, so many men that influenced my walk, influenced me, my walk, my faith with God, influenced me to grow. Uh, Brother James Anderson, he's been like a brother to me, a, really a brother to me. Pastor Wilkerson, um, Steve Kolar, Dave Talbot, all these men. Uh, I thank God for God putting me in the midst of you guys. You guys inspired me a lot. Thank you. Amen. I like the unorthodoxness here, Pastor Wilkes, and I love this. Mr. Stephen Hotram, he comes from Ohio. I, I don't want to say where, but uh, <laughs> he quotes this. He gave this to me, and I wanted to say it straight from him. He said, God has always been there for me and loved me and believed in me, even when no one else would. It's only by God's grace and mercy that I'm standing here today. I'm no longer in the chains of addiction. He would like to personally thank First Baptist, the First Baptist Church family and the Better Roads Men's Home and the Reformers Unanimous for your unconditional, endless love and time uh, uh, to thank you for, he want to take the time to thank you for your investment. And uh, let me say this about Stephen. Uh, Stephen was probably what we would consider a hard case. Probably in his first uh, four days, we wanted to kick him out eight times, okay? <laughs> And uh, but uh, when he was packing his stuff several times, uh, but the Lord uh, held Dave Talbot back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, but God was gracious to us, and uh, we literally saw this man's life transformed. And uh, it's not pretentious. Uh, again, I work with these gentlemen every day of the week, seven days a week. I'm with them on the phone with them. I'm seeing them. I'm pretty much sleeping next to him, uh, but uh, I'm looking at their lives transforming. He is one that has been a great example. He gave me an ex uh, a verse that he really enjoys, and it's Philippians chapter 3, verse number 14. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Mr. Stephen Hotram. Stephen, we're so proud of you. Thank you so much. Let's look here for some I thank God for Stephen for a lot of reasons, but I tell you, I'm so glad for the family who's come to join him tonight. But Stephen has, his life has changed. 
one of the things that just blessed my heart so much, I remember him sitting back in the back there and uh, in, in the section. Brother Paul uh, Collins had passed away, and, and we were trying to figure out how to get the, the room cleaned after between churches. And I just said, you know, one of our families moved away that normally the Masowitz families to do that, and I appreciate them so much. And it wasn't, it wasn't two minutes after the service. He said, Pastor, could I volunteer to at least be one person to take their place? And every Sunday afternoon, though he now is going to move out of the home and has his own place, uh, he gives his afternoon, Sunday afternoons, to, to clean up and direct all the, um, the, the, fix the songbooks and pick up the papers and get things ready for a Sunday night. And that's the kind of the spirit he has, and I admire that very much. Thank you, Stephen. God bless you. Brandon Norris. He comes to us from Pensacola, Florida, and is known to be a hardworking man. He has taken every task given him and exceeded our expectation. He is currently employed at NDM Electric and plans to stay with us indefinitely. He quotes, uh, he says to me, uh, God has restored my life and my mind, and I felt I was too far gone, but God intervened. Here's a verse for him, and he'll share his testimony momentarily. Here's a verse that he enjoys. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. Brandon, come take this if you would please. I uh, love Brandon. I, I, we can't have everyone in that graduates give a testimony, but we felt like it would be fitting for you to hear a little bit of testimony about Brandon's life and I think uh, just watching a life transform once again, I just think it's amazing. Remember, we have Wednesday night and folks come forward and they pray. I remember one Wednesday night I saw him praying over here and I went over and prayed with him. And I remember saying, well, Brandon, what you can pray about? Once you pray and I'll pray. And I listened to him pray by name everybody that he used to run with in the, uh, the mobile home park in the neighborhood where he was from in Pensacola. And he called them out. Some of them were nicknames, and some of them were real people's names, that that's a real birth name. But he said, God, please save them. Please do what you did to me. They're in trouble like I was in trouble. And would you please come down and send some hope and don't let them go into eternity without Jesus. And I think we have a picture tonight of Brandon, and someone took a picture of that, of him sleeping on the side of the road uh, on a little storefront there, uh, this is this is him without Jesus, without hope, intoxicated, uh, addicted, and and hopeless. But I'm so thankful that uh, that figure you see there is this good man right here, and uh, with the Holy Spirit's help and the blessing of God, and thank the Lord for that. That that picture was actually taken just about nine months ago, and. Uh, I was out there seven years living in the woods. And um, I'll tell you right now, in that life, there's people you come in contact daily. There, there's no such thing as actual love in that in that lifestyle. Like the actual love of sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of others without the thought of return. And I found that here. Um, between the guys at the home and this church and this church family, you know, I, I have good people back home that actually took the time with me, like, Family Baptist and Bobby Moffitt and my family that that I gave up, giving up on myself. I, I kind of hid myself from them for a long time, but I've actually mended those relationships. And just the structure that this place gives people, gives me, because um, I, I was raised in church. I just, I fell away from it because I didn't have any structure. I didn't even ha have any backbone to my, my faith. But... I love this place. I love you guys, and I'm, I'm not leaving. I got a got a great job, and so you're stuck with me. <laughs> I love you. Mr. Daniel O'Brien. <clears throat> he was raised by a single mom in Portage, Indiana. His dad was there to support when necessary. And he came to the Better Road seeking help in, in, in order to change his lifestyle and his uh, decision-making, and he wanted to make better choices. He says that through the program, I've learned to focus on what I have to control. 
for, and for those things I cannot change, I ask Jesus to take care of them for me. He says, everything happens for a reason. I must keep my faith in the Lord to help me understand. He quotes a life verse for us in Ecclesiastes. He gave me eight verses, but I can't do it for the sake of time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And uh, I might start preaching if it's eight verses now. Three, verse one, it says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Mr. Daniel O'Brien. Thank you. One thing I love about Daniel, there's two things that make me really happy. Him, First of all, he is a very diligent man. He's a hardworking, and he gives him a job to do, and he stays at it. I, I thank God that he's come to make the home a better place. If he sees something needs to be done, something needs to be contributed, and he doesn't just come, he just he, he makes it a good thing a lot better, and I thank God for that. Thank you very much, Daniel. And then one other thing that comes to my mind that I, I've heard this a couple times is that sometimes men come to the home and they're discouraged. They don't want to be here. It's frustrating, especially those early stages. And, uh, and, it's been, and, and Daniel's been known to encourage them in those early stages and say, look, it's hard. Keep going through it. You'll be glad you keep going. And I admire you for helping other people in that way. Thank you, Daniel. God bless you. Ricardo Ware. Ricardo is a humble young man that came to us from East Chicago, and he was truly seeking help, and God has helped him. He's looking forward to going back to college and becoming an entrepreneur. He wants to stay focused on the Lord and follow his guidance all of his life. Uh, When I think of Ricky, uh, I remember when he came in the door, I kind of was just doing something. I came to get some chicken, I think, and uh, on a Sunday afternoon, and I'm walking through the door, and I didn't come to get chicken, but anyway, I was there. I got some while I was there. But I'm walking through the door, and Ricky is standing on the side of the door, and he's just looking at me. And I hadn't seen Ricky for about three months. And uh, he's standing there, and then he just says to me, uh, James, I need help. And, uh, and I looked at him, and I said, okay, wh- wh- what can I help you with? You know, when somebody say they need help, you don't. It's a loaded statement. And uh, he says it, and I said, okay, what do you need help with? He said, he just broke down into tears. He said, man, I'm just struggling. And I said, okay, Ricky, I'm coming to get some chicken and go home, you know. So I don't know. I'm just kidding. But uh, I stopped what I was doing. I took him upstairs, got him a room, uh, helped him lay down, let him lay down for a day or two until he was able to uh, get his mind right and to uh, start thinking straight. And then if you know Ricky, when he came in the home, he was a little different than he was when I had previously saw him uh, months prior. And so we began to pray. Uh, Brother Dakota Haynes and uh, several other men in the home began to pray at 5 o'clock on Thursday mornings. And Ricky was one of the subjects of the prayer. And uh, we watched God transform Ricky from what we saw from the first day that he came in. I mean, this was miraculous. You hear the guy saying, amen. When I'm telling you he was out of his mind, he was out of his mind. And uh, you could not have a conversation with Ricky. You could not hold a straight conversation, but God helped this man. I watched him. He's standing here now. He can talk to you as plain as day. His mind is as sharp as ever. We played basketball uh, a couple days ago, and he was out there beating up on everybody. It was unbelievable. Uh, But now Ricky has been restored to his right mind, and he knows what he wants to do. He knows the God that he serves. He can preach to you. I mean, he'll get up here and he'll let it rip. He gave me a verse that really uh, strengthens him, and he said it's in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 28, a well-known verse. And we know that all things work together for the good. Them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. God bless you, Ricky. We love you, man. And, uh, oops, I'm sorry. Ricky, I'm so proud of you, and I'm so thankful. Of course, Ricky comes to us right here from East Chicago, and I am so thankful for his life. I got to see him for the first time during COVID. He was in their mission, and uh, he was, we were staying, he was staying across the street in a quarantine area and different things of that nature, but always so gracious and kind, and then, of course, went to kind of bottomed out. But I'm so glad that God gave him a place to come, and I want to thank you, church family, for giving all these uh, participants in these um, 
celebrants tonight, a place to come. We're so proud of each of you. And let's pray together for them if we can, please, and ask the Lord's help on their life. Brother Tim, would you come lead us in prayer for their lives and dedicate them to the Lord? Father, we're so thankful for just what we've seen tonight that you've done in the lives of these men and this lady. And Lord, what a great God you are. And Lord, we're thankful for your grace. And uh, Lord, many of these people were, in their, by their own admission, were hopeless and didn't know where to turn. And it, we're about to give up, Lord, but uh, you were gracious to them and you gave them another opportunity, Lord. And and God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of that, Lord, a small part of what has taken place in their lives. And I pray that you'll encourage them, let them know, Lord, this is just the beginning of what you can do in their life, Lord, and you can give them a great productive life and, and be used in many ways, Lord, to even help others uh, that have gone through, that are going through things that they have been through. Lord, please encourage them and bless them, Lord. And uh, those that are here that have not graduated, Lord, I pray you'll let this be a, an encouragement to them. Uh, what you can do in their life. Lord, thank you uh, for loving us, Lord, and for being a God of, of love and forgiveness and grace. And uh, continue to help all these as they serve you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. If you would, please take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I have a very short message this evening I want to share with you, but I believe it will be helpful. And after we read the Scripture, then we have an opportunity uh, to hear some men sing for us. So, men, if you'll get prepared to sing, that'll be great. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, let's just read the chapter out loud together from beginning to end. And I'll uh, ask if you would please to let me read the odd number verses and then you read the even numbers with me. 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And let's conclude together on verse 13. Now abideth these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Father, thank you for the love that you demonstrate to us. God so loved the world. Help us to emulate the love that you give us. And in this world, this just, it's one of those factors that are, it's the only badge of discipleship this world recognizes for true Christians is, oh, how they love. If they have love one to another, I pray you would please teach us some things that will be helpful to us this evening from your word in Jesus' name. Amen.
Sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me. sing that first verse with them. Can we start on the first verse? You guys know that. Y'all lead us there real quickly. I heard an old, old story. You ready to sing it with them? Here we go, Brother Aaron. I heard an old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood Appreciate that very much. Thank you, man. Great job on that song. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, otherwise known as the what chapter? Love chapter. And of course, God uses a different word. He uses the word charity in this context because charity is a, it, it, it implies giving. You can, you can give and not love, but you can't love without giving. God so loved the world that he gave. The one thing that God says he is, he is love. And love is very attractive. It's very expensive. Someone said when, you, when love is thin, other people's faults are thick. But when love is thick, other people's faults are thin. Great peace have they which love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, for some it's their favorite verse. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, the Bible tells us, let us consider one another, evaluate our relationships, and provoke each other to love and to good works, to love God and others more and do more for God and others. Because one thing you and I are going to be judged for is our love. Love covereth the multitude of sins. When we think about we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who... One of the things that Satan wants to make sure that you do not get your head around is how much God loves you. Because we love him because he first, someone who is not convinced that God loves them will never experience the blessings of God. You'll never grow past your understanding of the love of Christ for you. That's why the Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 in his prayer for God's people, he prayed they would strengthen in the inner man by God's spirit. And then he prayed that they would be rooted and grounded in love that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith and they would know the breadth, the height, the length, the depths of the love of Christ. Now unto him is able to do exceedingly abundantly of all we'd ask or think. 
One thing that uh, I feel like that is always attractive and in vogue, and it's, it's an everlasting attribute. In this passage of Scripture we read, it, Apostle Paul is coming on the heels of people who did, they wanted the things, they wanted the gifts that everyone could see. They wanted to be able to stand up in church and give a prophecy that they had been given at home. They wanted to stand up in church and, and tell people they knew, a, uh, they, knew a, uh, they have a message for God's people that's going to be in a different language. So it would be vocal. They wanted to do something with healing people. They wanted to do something everyone could see. And he tells them, look, one day, and I think when the scriptures are fulfilled, you won't need the baby talk. That's why he says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, when I became a man, I put away childish things. In the early church, they needed prophecies, tongues, and gifts of knowledge. But when we have a scripture given to us, when the Bible comes and we can learn to read, we won't need the baby talk. We won't need those things because now God is done talking. He's given everything we need to know in the pages of your Bible. That's why what you and I do with the Bible determines what God does with us. But these folks were so carnal, they just wanted the, the affirmation, the accommodations, and the, and the recommendations of people. They wanted people to see them. He said, look, there's going to be a time where uh, you, all that stuff is going to be not important. But one thing that's always going to be important is love. He said, now abideth faith. Right now, the just shall live by faith. But one day our faith will become sight. Right now, I've never seen Jesus. You've never seen Jesus. We didn't see, we've not seen hell, or we haven't seen heaven. But how many would say you believe in all three of those things? Sure. But how do you believe in them? You believe in them by faith. But one day, we'll get to see Jesus, and our faith will become sight. Right now, we live by hope. Uh, we have hope. And, and hope is a guarantee, but it's based upon what God has promised. We, we see what God says, and that's what we have. Whenever the Lord comes back, he says, it's the glorious hope. It's the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our blessed hope. Well, why do I know God's coming back? Because he told us he is. And so we now live in such a way that we want to have clean lives. And if we have this hope within us, we ought, to, we ought to purify ourselves even as he is pure. We ought to anticipate the coming of Christ. But right now, we need all three of those. We need faith, and we need hope, and we need love. But one day, you'll not need faith, and you'll not need hope. But you'll always need love. Heaven is going to be full of love. And one of the things that changes people's lives is love. It's the love of Christ, and it's the love of those who call Christ their Lord. And it's something we are oftentimes short of here. We're short of in our homes. The Bible says, husbands, love your wife. And oftentimes, wives go unloved. The Bible tells us to, to love each other, and oftentimes, he said, look, uh, this is, this is what you need to do. He said, this is, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have loved one for another. And yet it's oftentimes our, our love tanks are on empty. And we're not loving the way we should love. But I think as you heard the different people who gave testimonies tonight, both of the men said, I feel really loved in this place. It's a great testimony. You know why people get on the bus and come to church a week after week? Because they, they love a fellow down there. They know how to love someone down there. We got a little bit of the Lord Jesus rubbing off on us. I want to just give you a quick thought real quickly. This is practical thoughts on love, L-O-V-E. Number one, love listens. You can tell you have someone who truly loves when they listen. They listen to you. People who do not, who have shallow love also do not, they're not good listeners. They don't take in. But God gave us two ears and one mouth. So we ought to, we ought to certainly listen. The Bible says every man ought to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Love listens. Listens to people's hurts and wants to help them. Love is, is someone who listens to someone's name and tries to learn it. 
Someone is trying to listen to their children and try to minister to others, other people's children. Oftentimes when we find someone, we, we don't want to ask them how they're doing. They might tell us. that They'll take more time. That'll be challenging. Then we might have to do something. Just like Brother James talked about. Now, Brother James is talking about going to the home and eating chicken. That's true. All right? This guy is skinny as a rail. We ought to call him Brother Flacco, you know. But, but uh, he is a human garbage disposal. Man, these guys can eat anything. Isn't that true, guys? I mean, this guy eats like, like there's no tomorrow. But uh, I tell you one thing that's, that's very important, and that is to learn to love. But love learns to listen. Number two, love opens. It opens its heart to all. Well, we are prejudiced, aren't we? We judge people by the color of their skin or their economic background or what they've done for us lately. But love learns to open. It opens our heart to all. It opens our home to too many. If we can open our home, you've got a, you've got a car, use it for the Lord. You've got a home, use it for the Lord. Ask God to help you. Use whatever you have. That's what hospitality is, is learning. Whatever God's given you, you're going to use it for his glory. If it belongs to you, do whatever you want to with it. If it belongs to God, you should use it for him. That's everything that we have. Everything God has given to us. We're not going to be a can. We want to be a channel. We don't want to be a bucket. We want to be a funnel. We want to let God give to us so we can help other people. Open your heart to everybody. Open your home to many. Open your wallet when able. Um, Amy Carmichael is known by saying you can, give and, you can give and not love, but you can't love and not give. Well, learning to share, learning to, to ask God to help you. To, some of us ought to put money aside every, every month in our wallet or in our purse or, or, or someplace and, and, and give it away on purpose. Ask God, Lord, who would you want me to give this to? Even poor people can give. Every once in a while I remember hearing people pray, Pray for the offering. Lord, bless those that can give and bless those who cannot give. Now, maybe that's true in one service, but that's not an overall true statement. Everybody can give. And love opens and gives. Love listens. Love opens. Love visits. It goes to where people are. It doesn't wait for people to come to them. You know, Jesus, the whole gospel is, and we couldn't get where Jesus was. What did he do? He came to us. He was trying to teach his disciples. He goes, you know what? We're going to figure out how you love. He said, when I was in prison, you visited me. When I was hungry, you brought me some food. When I didn't have any clothes, you put clothes on me. He said, when I was hurting and sick and, and, and ill, you, you, you ministered to me. And they're like, when did you do that? We don't remember that. He said, when you do it to anybody, you do it unto you know, many folks, I'll just tell you, I had one time in my, in my ministry, someone knocked on my door on a, t- a Thursday morning at 10 a.m. On a Thursday morning, my neighbor, now I'd witnessed to him before, but he walked down in tears, stood at my door. I went to the door, and he said, Pastor, can you show me how to be saved? That's only happened one time to me. Everybody else I get to talk to about Christ, usually I'm on their doorstep. I'm at their office. I'm at their home telling them about Christ. And that's how we need to be. We need to make visits. I would, I would encourage you, be a house-going Sunday school teacher. You want a vibrant Sunday school class? You go visit more people, and more people will come. You go out there, and you continue to say, God, give me people to, to communicate. I'm going to pray. I'm going to work. I'm going to visit. And I want God to be a, son, a bus captain. And I'm not saying it always works out. Some of you can visit 20 people, and you get, you get two people. You just keep going. Don't be weary in well-doing. But love goes to where people are, goes to where they are, ministers to them on their terms. Love listens, love opens, love visits, and then lastly, love expresses itself. Everybody needs to hear from time to time, I love you. You're loved. You're important. Church is better because you came. I couldn't wait for you to come back. I was looking forward to seeing you. All of us need to hear that. And we need to express that. Love is expressed in words. I oftentimes know that I'm failing with Linda sometimes to love her because she'll say, John, I love you. 
And, and my five minutes later, she said, John, I love you. I said, and five minutes later, I love you, John. I love you so much. Well, I mean, I'm smart enough not to so say thanks. I appreciate it, you know. I know, I know what to do when she says, I love you. Well, I say, I love you back, Linda. I love you. And, the, and she said, I love you, and I, and I love you. What she's doing in her heart, I think, oftentimes unconscious, not conscious of it, but she's, she doesn't feel loved. And the only way she can get a little bit of love from me is to prime the pump. <laughs> Put that little ding-dong going on the end of the gas tank. You know, I'm low on fuel. Hey, wake up, Wilkerson, pull over. <laughs> I need to know you care about me. The truth of the matter is, we need to say we love each other. Aren't you glad that God said it? We ought to write it down. Aren't you glad that God wrote it down for us? We have that little song we sing as children, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, how do I know? I uh, was uh, recently, uh, I got a call this week, and, and it said, uh, you know, uh, Pastor, I, uh, I visited a certain family member of mine, and uh, he talked about you, and he's with the Lord now, he's passed away. He said, but I went to clean out his house. And he said, they had pictures of you and notes that you had written them. And they were in prominent places in his house. He said, Pastor, I, I, I mean, I knew he, he liked you, and, and I guess you liked him. But so when I read these notes you gave him, no doubt he loved you because you loved him first. You know, learning to write it down. Learning to say it. Learning to give gifts of encouragement, words of affirmation. I think all of us need three things desperately. We need to learn to give to others in our, in our sphere of attention, affirmation, and affection. They're free. They don't cost any money in their innate forms. Now, sometimes it might cost you to buy a Dunkin' Donut or a, or a, or a, a donut or another donut or something like that. But at the same time, it's, it's learning to give gifts. It's, it's attention, learning to listen, giving affirmation. Are you good at giving compliments? Are you good at, when you walk in the room, do you infuse it with strength? Or do you sap it with a bad attitude? Learning to give encouragement is part of loving. Expressing love in words, in written form. Expressing love in, in kindness and gifts. And letting the Holy Spirit of God help you be that way. He said, now abideth faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity. Let's pray together, can we?